Hey guys, it's just the middle of the night. I'm just getting on here because I just have something burning on my heart at the Father's been lying that I need to share with you right now. When we think about just being a believer, especially in the West, you know, we get in this mode of going through the motions and we're feeling like we're doing everything right. We're going to church, we're praying, we're worshiping, we're being in fellowship, you know, all the all the goody good things that a good believers should do, you know, but then we find ourselves still stuck in this having this feeling of, well, am I really where I am supposed to be? And there's this feeling that there's something still missing that 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 I don't know what it is. It's hard to put my finger on it. But what the father's just been putting on my heart right now is revival or we die. You see what I mean by that is, look, man, like, what doesn't hit us hard enough is this coming reality. You know, it's kind of like when you, you know, you in the movie, you have the train tracks and you have the someone who's kind of like strapped to train tracks and they're just kind of waiting for the train to come and come over them, you know, take their life. They know they're going to die. They know it's over. They're just waiting for their life to end. The reality is, is all of us, we are waiting for our lives to end. And we're waiting for something that is the new life of Christ to come to us. And here's the reality that new life, that resurrected body and everything in that kingdom is going to be so incredible. But sometimes we forget about the coming reality of that. And I'm not talking about just just thinking about, yes, I just want to get out of this world, but thinking about what does that next world mean for this one? What is the coming real? The fact that there's a train approaching and my life is going to end at some point and it's not going to be much longer. That's the reality for all of us. And what does that mean for me? What does that mean for my life in terms of when I go to school? Is there revival all around me? Are people being revived? Are they being touched? Are they being changed by the gospel? When I'm going to my workplace, are people being changed and touched? And are there are their lives being saved so that they can live? Or am I just this person who's kind of looking to the next life coming, but I don't really care about people all around me. And you know what you here's the thing. Either you don't fear God or you don't believe what the that what God says and who he is, or you just don't love the people all around you. That's the only reasons that you'd be quiet about the truth of what Yeshua has put in us. Man, like I can't be quiet like like I can't just pretend that I'm a good Christian. I go to church. I do all the things that a good Christian does and all the stuff while people around me are dying. Like, I don't know about you, but like this has just been weighing on my heart so heavily, like like revival or we die. And I don't want to die without it. Do you want to die without seeing people come to faith all around you, your dad, your mom, your brother, your sister, your co-workers, your friends, your whoever it is. Like if you don't see people around you come to faith, if you don't lead people to faith, if you don't have fruit exemplified that draws people to Yeshua, then what are you doing? Like, like, what are, what are we doing? Like, what are we? Oh, we're wasting our life away. We're wasting our time. We, we might as well hit the fast forward button to our death because there's literally no point in living this life for yourself. There's no like, what are you going to do? You're going to play some video games. You're going to watch some more another TV show. 
you're you're gonna play some more golf like like what are you gonna do like like what do you what is so important in your life that is more important than this thing which is really when we zoom out and and look at the big timeline this gospel is the only thing on your timeline that matters whether people experience the love of Christ through your life and experience him and get to know the truth of who he is as the Messiah, the only one who can wipe away our sin and save us. If that, like there's nothing else in this world that really matters because everything else the Bible says and we know will come to nothing, will pass away. And so what are we going to do? This is a big question. What are you doing with that? Like, what does that mean for you? When you get on the train tomorrow, when you get on the plane tomorrow, when you drive somewhere tomorrow, when you go to the grocery store tomorrow, like, what does that mean? Are you just going to wake up and go through your day like you have been for the past 5, 10, 20, 30, 50 years for some of us? Like we've been doing the same thing over and over again and we feel unhappy. We feel depressed, even though we're a good goody two shoe Christian getting everything right, but we still feel unfulfilled. You know why? It's because you can be a Christian for 50 years. You'd never have lived a life as a disciple. You could be a Christian for 100 years. You'd have never exemplified had the, the Holy Spirit come forth out of you. You know, when we look at the Bible, we see the early church man like they weren't just playing around. They were casting out demons. They were healing the sick. Like this was normal stuff. There was prophecy happening. God was using, speaking through people miraculously, not of themselves. It was supernatural. Like there was incredible things done through the life, not just through the life of Jesus, through his life, but also through the life of those who came after he did come and he wanted that to happen. He said, I'm sending the Holy Spirit is going to empower you in these things. Don't waste it. Don't let it come to nothing. Don't, don't. Don't don't abuse it. Absolutely. But also don't just let your flame die out. Make sure that that flame is stoked. Make sure that there is wind upon it, that it that it that it grows and that it prospers and that it becomes a burning bush that draws others in. Like if that's not happening, let me ask you, is it not then revival or we die? And I don't know about you, but I don't want, we're all going to, we're going to, this life is passing. I don't want to pass away without seeing some revival around me in my life as I go to my day to day, because I'm going to stand before him. You're going to stand before him. And yes, you can be saved. But to me, that's not enough. I want to live a life pleasing to him. Like, I want to live a life where it's like, Father, it's not just because I, I asked you to live in my heart and all that, but Father, I actually tried my best to let your Holy Spirit work through me. I didn't want, I never wanted to stand in His way. And any barrier, anything, any, any fear, you know, this is, you know, this is what, what I read today. That famous verse, he's not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love and a sound mind, right? We all know that we we recite it all the time whenever we feel scared of something. You know, the context of that verse, it's all about sharing Yeshua, sharing Jesus with other people. That's why Timothy is being encouraged to not have fear about sharing, not being not being ashamed of the name of Christ and that's the exact thing that that most of America's Christian believers, believers, whatever you want to call yourself, 
that is the bondage of fear that we are so stuck in because we're so scared of what people would think of us in this country or wherever you live in Europe and the West. We've been a culture that's so preoccupied with the thoughts of others. We think more about what others think about us than just about anything else. It's time to start thinking about what he thinks and he adores you. He loves you. You're his son, you're his daughter. He delights in you. He's not against you. He's not angry at you, but he is coming to call you to a deeper place of recognizing who you are as a son and as a daughter so that you can move forward in power and love for this fallen dark world so that they can experience the power and love and encounter Yeshua, the person of Yeshua. Yeshua is not just he's not just a book. He's not just the Bible. The, the Bible, the word of God is wonderful, pleasing. To, it's it's I love it. But understand that there's so much more to being a believer than studying it. It's actually about actually doing and walking out what you're studying too. So study it, but don't just stop there. Actually do something with what you're reading. And so if if I look at my life I, and I look at the Bible, I need to see what the early church saw in my life. And if I don't, there's something counterfeit about my life. There's something counterfeit about what I call a Christian if it's different from what I read in the word. And you see, if you start making excuses about, well, that was them, that's not me. And that's a different time period. And, and God changed his mind about how the way he does things. And when you start making all of these excuses, what you're doing is you're really creating a counterfeit belief system to make you feel better about the fact that your life doesn't look like the life of Yeshua or the life of his disciples. And so we have to make up excuses. No more of that. Like, how can we sleep at night with that? When I have seen and tasted that he is good, he is unchanging and that he can still use me. He can still use you and he still desires to do it the same way. He used Peter, he used John, he used Philip when he caused those demons out in Samaria. He used Peter when he laid hands on those people. They got baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoken tongues. We see that all of these things happen. And let me tell you, there are many people who even are listening to this. I know they'll be listening and listen. So many people are are afraid and ashamed of talking about the things that I am openly talking talking about because they have fear of what the, the 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 assembly of people may think of them. And I'm just saying, look, man, let's stop being scared of the reality of what the Bible says is supposed to be active, sharp in the life of believers. When I look at the book of Corinth, I look at the church of Corinth and I see what Paul is telling them. He's saying, guys, like you guys are speaking in tongues. You guys are prophesying. You guys are doing it so much. And Paul has to give order on how they should do it. See, their problem was not this problem we had. See, our problem is that we don't see any of that and we make excuses for why we don't and we don't actually do anything about it. And so that's why we don't see what they saw. Their problem was that they did all this stuff, but they had no order. Let's not be the people who say, well, we have order, we have order, but we don't actually even do any of the things that has been given to us for us to have order in. Guys, revival or we die. What is the purpose of life if we just squander this away to our own religious works that makes us feel good about ourselves? Man, I'm tired of that. I don't want to be the one who in the scriptures who says they have it says they have appearance of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. And Paul even says from these turn away from them. Because Paul knows that if you if you hang out with people who deny the power, you'll deny the power soon thereafter too. 
And then sin creeps in because where there is no power, sin is welcome. See, everything in is the what we're talking about here is the life of Christ. If you want to be free from sin, it's part of what we're talking about here. People are always like, well, PD, you're just talking about evangelism. You're just talking about the. No, I'm talking about the life of Christ. The life of Christ was him going around, setting the captives free. I'm not talking about becoming an evangelist. That's wonderful. I'm talking about just doing the things that Yeshua did. Let's just not label it anything besides for what it is living the life of Christ. And when you live that life of Christ and the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you, will he not set you free as his power flows through you to touch others? See, so many of us were so internally looking. We're like, God set me free. God set me free. God set me free. Well, we're not doing anything on our own to step out and trust him. And I'm not talking about trusting ourselves or tra- talking about doing things out of ourselves to set us free because we could never. I'm talking about stepping out of our comfort zone into uncomfortable places so that the comforter, the Holy Spirit can come and give us comfort and freedom and deliverance. But you have to actually step out in faith. That's why Yeshua sent people and said, well, go and wash yourself. Then you'll be healed. Go and do this. Then you'll be healed. Some of us, Yeshua is calling, saying, go and then you will be healed. Go and be a witness. And as you go, you will be healed. There is scriptures where Yeshua sent them away. And as they went, they were healed as they went. Where to be a witness of the one they have just met. We want to be healed. We want to be set free. We want to feel fulfilled, but we don't want to be stepping out in that sense to be used in the sense that he calls us to. And that is difficult. It is not easy, but it becomes easier when you actually step out and recognize he's not giving you a spirit of fear, but power, love and a sound mind. And now is the time. Now is the day. What are you going to do with your life? That is the decision you have. Revival or we die.